Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard Creative Team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so our guest today is interior designer Molly Basil of Charleston-based Molly Basil Interiors. Fresh, clean, youthful, timeless. These are all words I would use to describe Molly's work. And Molly, we connected because you worked very closely with some folks at our Mount Pleasant store, our brand new Mount Pleasant store. And I heard from numerous people, oh my gosh, you have to have her on the podcast. She'd be great. So here you are. So thanks for thanks for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here um, and have, you know, loved Ballard and so excited to have the Mount Pleasant store here as a wonderful resource. So thank you for having me. Yes. I loved looking through your portfolio um, because like I said, it's, you know, it feels very youthful, but also very timeless at the same time. I think sometimes that's a challenging balance to strike just because timeless and traditional you know, to some people like that sounds old, you know, we know it's not old, but there's definitely an energy and a, um, yeah, just a youthfulness, a playfulness to your work, which I just loved and was like, I, I could live here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We, um, you know, I, I feel like my style and our work is what we say, like fresh traditional. So, mm-hmm. um, it's livable, approachable, we, um, a lot of our clients are young families and so it's practical, but, um, and welcoming too. So all of those things. It looks like the Dana chair also is a big hit, <laughs> which I love. It is. <laughs> yeah. Love the Dana chair. We've, um, love, you know, adding a pop of color on the seat. Mm-hmm. So getting creative with that classic piece. Yes. Okay. So as, as our listeners probably saw in the title of the episode, we're going to talk budget today everyone's most like inquiring about topic. topic. Yes. The favorite topic. Um, but before we do that, I was wondering if you could kind of tell us a little bit about it yourself. Where did your sort of design inspiration come from and what were your first influences in your path to becoming an interior designer? Yeah. So, um, I've always loved design growing up, you know, my mom and I, I feel like I just have fond memories of, you know, antiquing and visiting, you know, fabric stores. And she just created a beautiful home. You know, she just kind of, it wasn't her profession, but it was just something that she was very good at. And so my love for design, I think kind of came from her. I always, you know, was just, it was something I thought of doing, but I didn't, I would say my path to being a designer was a little bit non-traditional in that I didn't have formal training, Um, went to college and majored in corporate communications and a minor in business. But in the back of my mind was always like, how am I going to figure this out? So I, after working for in corporate for about eight years, I, and I had helped friends and family, um, my husband and I had built a home. I was like, okay, this is something I, you know, really love. And it's very fun. After some encouragement from family and friends, they're like, you know, just put it out there, see what happens. So I started an Instagram and we shot our house and I had decorated it and, um, had a portfolio and put it out there. So 
yeah, I mean, kind of jumping around, but I, it wasn't necessarily a traditional path, but I've always just loved it. And I was kind of like, how am I going to figure out how to make this happen? And so in 2018, I started uh, my business as a side kind of side business while I was working full time and just put a lot into it. And in the fall, I quit my job and just jumped head first and haven't looked back. So <laughs> it's been fun. That's a, that's a I leap of faith. It. Yeah. That's yeah. Big jump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's kind of like, wow, how do we get here? But um, <laughs> it was a lot of support and, you know, friends and family and, you know, the, the community here is, is also amazing. So I feel like referrals and clients, it just helped a ton. So mm-hmm. was it hard in the early stages of your business to work for family and friends? I don't know. That seems like it could be challenging. <laughs> well, so yeah. And before, I guess, um, before I really made it a business is when I was helping friends and family. And I was like, I'll just help, you know, just for fun. And then they were like, you know, you can do this. Like you love it. You know, you're so happy. And so they weren't necessarily my first like clients, but I was just happy to help. Um, but I will say when I started my business and I've told other, you know, people in the past, I really took on any, anything and everything that kind of came my way. So I had kind of just like, you know, I need to learn. Um, if I'm going to do this, I just kind of like need to like figure it out. And, um, I didn't say no to really any project from the start and it was, mm-hmm. it was a side business. So it wasn't my full-time job. Um, so I, you know, I, it was a lot, but here we are. I also didn't have children at the time. So I was putting kind of like everything into it. <laughs> so what, you know, now how, how would you say that your um, like you find your clients? Is it still referrals? Is it social media? Yeah. Yeah. Referrals, um, have, you know, kind of been number one for us and then social media, I would say second. So between those two, um, yes, I, you know, social media, the power of that is huge. So I think that's been a huge piece of it, but. And have you found your, and you, again, we can cut this out if you don't like this answer, but have you found your perfect amount of clients or projects per like year per se? I would say we're still, we're getting to Mm -hmm. figure out the sweet spot. Um, We do anything from one full room of furnishings to a new construction. So new build to furnish or, you know, a renovation, historic renovation. So um, we also, I have a team of Uh, So it's three of us. I have two employees. And so kind of figuring out how we work together. Um, I brought on my second employee last year. And so kind of, you know, tapping into like, okay, what's working? How many can we all manage? And so that's, I mean, it takes, we're not quite like, okay, we've got this because then we could get a really great project. And we're like, yes, we're going to do it. Like, we're not going to say no. So, um, you know, I feel like there's some weeks I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's the industry is fast paced and fun. And it's kind of just, you just roll with it a little bit too. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into the budget because I think I have a long, I have a long (laughs) list of questions. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about budget. We're going to talk about, you know, how do you set one? How do you execute against your budget? You know, where do you put your dollars? Where should you save? Can you do it all at once? Do you execute every time? We're going to talk about all that. But we probably should preface this conversation by saying that, you know, maybe what your idea of a budget and like budget is a going to be different for everybody, right? So right. 
We want you to kind of give us your perspective as a designer and a professional, someone who is only going to recommend something to a client that they feel good about, you know, mm-hmm. the cost. So, yeah, you know, I think, yeah. I think this is a starting point and maybe gives <laughs> listeners, a, a, um, you know, just a frame of reference of like, okay, what is, yeah. I think we're the awkward conversation that people are like, I can't do this room, but I'm so scared to call a designer. So like treat us like that person that's like, has the guts to be like, so I think I could use you. Yeah. You know, but I'm nervous. Yes. About what dollar amount you're going to give me. Yeah. Yeah. And we do get, you know, inquiries or, you know, messages like, you know, I might not even be able to, to work with you, but so I think there is that intimidation factor around budget and designers. And, and so, yes, I definitely have learned, you know, over these five years of having my business, like what I feel like what does work, um, where to splurge, where to save every client is different. Like you said. So even, the numbers, like what I would say is kind of our starting point. We can always like add, I mean, every room can kind of go up and up. I always say like the beautiful textiles and details that can create a really special, beautiful space will end up costing a little bit more. Um, But I think, you know, if we want to kind of dive into it, how we approach every project when we meet a client is, you know, okay, do you have a budget? And is there a set number? Some, a lot of them are actually like, I don't have one tell me how much I should spend. <laughs> and so I think, you know, that's like, okay. And so I kind of put together, you know, how many furniture pieces do you need? Like a sofa, let's say average $4,000, you know, and that's, you could find a little bit less, you could find more, you know, the sectional, I always say like, let's double the sofa. So you're not necessarily going to get a huge savings. If you're getting a big sectional, it's kind of like adding two sofas together. Um, but I, you know, I kind of start with just that big list of what are the pieces you need, how much furniture. Um, and if you guys, you know, have any specifics, we can kind of dive in and, and kind of say, are you okay with this? So I would say like living rooms, we usually say starting out around $20,000 investment. And that's from floor to ceiling, depending on the level of detail that we're going to give to it with trims and fabrics. But that's kind of our introductory, like we can really give you a wow space for that Mm -hmm. budget. Um, and, and then from there, like I said, I mean, everything just can add up. (laughs) So no, totally. Yeah. And if you're starting from scratch, I mean, well that, yeah, you've got, you know, rugs like Mm -hmm. that's yes. Then if we do custom rugs, so, I mean, in our spaces, we love to use custom rugs and custom Mm -hmm. window treatments. So those are two things that I, I really, you know, feel strongly about that they can really add, you know, kind of a wow. And if you can get that rug, like I always like to go as big as we can, make the space feel really large, just makes it feel really warm. And then adding in the drapery panels, custom is always a really nice touch if we can. So from there, I'd say, you know, the the furniture frames though, if, if my clients, I mean, my goal is to create a beautiful space, but also I want them to feel like it's their home and comfortable. So we love for our clients to go sit on pieces, make sure they're like super excited about what they're getting. And I think, you know, quality furniture, it is an investment. So if you want a sofa that's going to last you, you know, 10 years, um, the fabric might need to be recovered at some point, but um, it it will, you know, be an investment piece. Um, so yeah, budget, I mean, there's all sorts of topics we can yeah. dive into. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so living room, you'd say like maybe 20K. Yeah. What I, about like, typically. sorry. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's typically where I say like, that's where we can start. And then it can mm-hmm. always go up, you know, yeah. um, like I said, with fabrics and, you know, design, mm-hmm. designing all the details. So, and then what, if, what, what would you say for like a dining room? Dining room is like, you know, 15 to 20 as well, um, depending on how many chairs. And I feel like, you know, sometimes dining rooms surprise me in the end because we add all these like custom layers of like recovering chairs and things like that. But I would say around, yeah, 15 to 20 as well. Okay. What about a bedroom? I love No, no, I do love this. I giggled, but I loved it. No, they want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And these are like to get you, you know, like I'm saying, it's yeah. not like everything you've seen in a magazine, maybe, um, or um, all the detail, but like, I would say 18 or so mm-hmm. kids rooms. I will say when most of our clients, like I said, we have a lot of young families, you know, kids rooms, we can try to save and get a little creative in there. So mm-hmm. those bedrooms, I'd say like eight to 10, especially when there's a couple kids involved and we're not, you know, we've got to space it out. So sure. That's a little different than the primary bedroom. So if someone was creating a budget for themselves, like say mm-hmm. they bought a new house and they know like, okay, I need like a house full of furniture, but um, wh- is that sort of what you would, you know, you kind of said like right at the start, making a list of what you need and mm-hmm. then kind of assigning like, okay, I need a sofa, $4,000. I need side mm-hmm. tables, a rug, a coffee table, mm-hmm. window treatments, you know, just kind of going down the list and like assigning is, would that be your suggestion for someone who is doing it on their yeah. own? Yes. I suggest making kind of that like priority list. And even when it comes to a full home. So if we, you know, work with the client on construction and then they have all these empty rooms, it's kind of like, okay, what's the priority? Like it's not every room at the same time, you know, I'm sorry. And so I do kind of say like, put a priority list together, get the big pieces, get the rug, um, the sofa, those pieces in to like, really kind of feel like you can live in the space. And then of course the, Mm -hmm. the pillows, the art, those things can be layered in like the accessories. I do feel like too, with side tables and lamps, those things you can kind of find some, you know, savings on, I would say it's not as much of a staple. Right. Those are the kind of things too, that you can move from room to room as you, as one room develops Mm -hmm. and another room kind of evolves. So exactly. So I do feel like to change a space, what I sometimes tell clients is I feel like, you know, pillows and fabrics and lamps, like those things you might want to freshen up every now and then and not, you know, so the sofas, the rug, the drapery panels, those kind of like neutrals could stay. And then you can kind of change out your pillows or lamps. And so maybe you don't want to invest quite as much in those. Um, if, if in a few years you're like, okay, I want a new look, I want to incorporate some other colors and things like that. So do you recommend starting out with neutrals? Typically we, I mean, it kind of depends on, you know, of course the client in the room, I would say most of our designs, we do kind of have like a neutral layer to start neutral for us is like lots of blues, greens, you know, it's not white, not all white, but every, every project's different. I love if we go, you know, can go bold on color, but I think a lot of people get a little scared to go all in on those big pieces. So, um, you know, like typically I feel like our rugs and sofas, chairs, those big pieces tend to be in those like natural tones, blues, greens, ivories. And then we layer in kind of pull, pull different colors in with kind of all the accessories. 
No, that I think makes so much sense though, because, um, you know, if, I think that's an, a kind of an easy uh, like game plan for people. Okay, I'm gonna make my list of everything I know I need. I'm gonna start with maybe the rug, window treatments, like big furniture mm-hmm. pieces. And then, and that'll be like phase one. Mm-hmm. And then right. maybe phase two, you add in like your side tables, your accent furniture, your pillows, mm-hmm. art, accessories. And that also too, with how our projects typically go is those bigger pieces take longer to get in. So when it comes to budget, like you can spend, you can buy those and then it might be six months and then you could finish off the space. So mm-hmm. that also helps to kind of think about it in maybe those two phases if it helps. That's a yeah. really good way to think about it, especially because I always feel like, okay, I have to have a big budget number mm-hmm. like right up front. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of a, ends up becoming like a stop sign. It's like, oh, okay, well, I can't really move forward until I have X amount to right. really yeah. do it the way I want. Yeah. But, you know, the, you know, some of the upholstery um, and fabrics do take a little longer. So mm-hmm. if you're getting drapes made or a big, you know, area rug, I think it, you know, it might be four to six months and then you could say, okay, I'm ready to, to go for the finishing touches. And then artwork, you know, that, Always, I feel like art on the walls makes the house feel more finished, but it's so personal. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of our projects, you know, over time, I mean, it could take years, like even in my own home, I haven't finished every space because I'm like, it's just, I don't want to rush out and do it all at once. Mm -hmm. So I think not feeling like it has to be done. I mean, get the basics, like you can live and you don't have an empty room, but you don't have to have every little detail um, within, you know the first year, even it could be a few years. So would you, you know, I think it probably would differ a little bit when you're working with a client and when you're working on your own home, Mm -hmm. but in your own house, Mm -hmm. would you kind of, is that how you would do it? You would kind of do like the first layer everywhere and then add second, or would you go like to a full room and then move on to the next room? Yeah. I, I do like to kind of finish a room, um, if you can. And and for our projects, a lot of people, you know, do want to finish it sooner. So, um, and they don't really see the finished product. Like you have to kind of finish it for them to really get that full design. So, and in my own home, I mean, I feel like I do jump around cause I just, that's just how I am, but, um, I don't have, you know, every room kind of like gets finished before I jump to the next one. So I think it's also easier to stay focused that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and one thing that I sort of, this has happened to me. I I think I'm better about it now since starting, since being on the podcast, I've learned my Mm -hmm. lesson, but in the past I would sort of have an, have a, like, let's say a a plan Mm -hmm. and then I'd like, you know, execute 50% of that plan. And then I would sort of run out of steam, run out of money, whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, you sort of, add things later that like weren't really in the initial plan, but they you sort of get off track, I guess, you know, yeah. and you sort of like, oh, okay, like this is a good deal. Like I can make this work. And then it just, you never really get to where you initially wanted to go because right. you get distracted. And then, you know, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And then you're like, why did I buy that? <laughs> yeah. And then you sort of have these things that like are good enough, but not great. And you never mm-hmm. really love them. And they don't really work a hundred percent. 
you know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that's it. And then, and then you just never get the, what you're saying, like the fruits of your labor, you never get that full design plan and that payoff mm-hmm. because you kind of got off track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great reason to bring a designer in at that phase too, because then you've got someone who's dedicated to sourcing and finding those things that you're going to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it helps just not make mistakes, like we said. So part of, you know, getting a plan, which we, you know, come up with a plan for our clients on the front end, have a floor plan, they know the scale, but we've also had some people reach out and they're like halfway in and they're like, help me figure out this space. And it's hard. So it's, the budget, the investment up front, I feel like can pay off when you have, you know, when you just kind of have a plan going into it and you're, you know, if you're open to that on the beginning. No, I, my hear you, my sister was definitely one of those people who did that where like did parts and pieces, bought the sofa. And then she literally was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. And I was like, <laughs> you need a designer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you need a professional who can come in and tell you how to make this work mm-hmm. and see if you can cancel that sofa. Like I, I was, I was cancel like, the order. cancel the order if you can. And they, they, she did find a great designer. Um, or, so hopefully it's going well now, but I was like, nope, oh you're gosh. too late. You don't buy the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So you sort of alluded to this before, but where would you say, you know, and is like the place where you want to invest your dollars. Like what would you say are the things that people should really get the best they can? Mm -hmm. So typically like the primary living space, of course, where you're going to spend a lot of your time or your bedroom. I'm like, those are places where I feel like it's worth investing. Secondary spaces where it might just be like, you know, kids bedroom or formal or yeah, like a front sitting room maybe is not where you need to like put all of your budget up front. Um, but those big furniture pieces are typically where I say like, you want it to be comfortable. You want it to hold up over time. You want, you know, performance fabrics, you want it to be custom for you. Um, so those pieces I would say is like the starting point and then getting a nice like quality rug, if it's custom or not, but having good materials. So, you know, a lot of our clients will do hundred percent wool and like have them invest in that piece that they can have for a long time. It'll, you know, wear well, it'll hold up over time rather than like in a year, they're going to have to replace it. Um, so those kind of big items. And then, a, you know, I love adding in like a custom drapery and like kind of a wow to finish off the room, but side tables, you know, lamps, those kind of like little pieces that kind of trickle in and they might not be, you know, quite as big, obviously you can kind of, you know, save there and they're not as big of a piece. So that helps, but saving it's, it's all different for every client. But, um, and if, you know, if they say like, Hey, my children are really young and they're going to destroy my counter stools. Okay. Well, maybe we don't get like the highest ticket counter stool. (laughs) We go, you know, save a little there. So it, it all depends on who we're working with, but I want my clients to sit at home at night and be happy in their space and it's comfortable. And, you know, we hear from people and they're like, I had this sofa or chair that I, it wasn't comfortable and I just like hated it for years. I'm ready to like do it right. And so those pieces is like where we start and, um, and it pays off and, you know, they have it for a long time and it holds up well. So I think it's worth the investment. Are there some like sort of, I guess, budget friendly things you've done in your own home that you feel like, oh, okay, this is 
<laughs> this is yeah. a place that is, you know, yeah. your, your own um, laboratory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm more willing to like try things for myself, which is fun, but um, finding like one of a kind, um, like, you know, old pieces, like buying some antiques and then recovering chairs. Um, that's always a great way. If you find a piece that, you know, you really like um, to, you know, change the look of it. I've painted some cane back chairs and put some new fabric on them. So, um, you know, getting a little like thrifty and crafty with like what you see at antique stores locally is always fun. Sometimes the timeline doesn't always allow that for our projects, but for my own house, I'm like, okay, I'll find something, you know, eventually. So yeah, you know, finding kind of the antiques and old pieces, I feel like is one thing that I've done a lot in my house. And then artwork, if you visit like some local, you know, just we have, you know, a great little collection of like antique stores here, but you can find some really great art and just kind of little tabletop like accessories, those coffee table, um, the styling. So trying to think, but I would say just visit your your local like thrift stores and <laughs> see if there's a piece of art that feels like it fits. Yeah. I know I love a good art find too. A good mm-hmm. high and low, yeah. something special from yeah. somewhere nearby yeah. and then something in travels. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, for sure. Reupholstering things is a great idea, but I, that's also kind of like a, what would a budget be for reupholstering a chair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, I mean, of course it depends on where you live. <laughs> I feel like everyone is just like, you know, your local upholster, you know, usually I'd say, I'm going to say like a thousand dollars for like the labor and then the fabric can kind of go anywhere. But I mean, sometimes it is the price of a new chair. So we do have some people, you know, they're like, oh, I have these, you know, lounge chairs. It's almost the price to just get new chairs once we buy fabric and recover them. So, um, but again, if they're special and have meaning, it just kind of, it kind of depends. But I would say for, you know, a basic chair, it'd be like a couple thousand dollars for new fabric and labor together. Cause yeah, I mean, an armchair, you're mm-hmm. what you probably need like six to 10 yards. Right. Yeah. I would um, say. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, maybe yeah, it's going to cost. So if you're, you know, if your fabrics like 20 to $60, which actually is like, that's pretty reasonable for a year. Oh, yeah. 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 Then, you know, that's still like several hundred dollars. Then you're going to spend eight to 12, maybe on labor. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I definitely. feel like we've, you've been, we've been able to like splurge a little more on like some statement florals or like some really fun fabrics when we're recovering. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we were to do like DOM and, and send in yardage, you know, like a new brand new chair, custom order, they, um, that always ends up being a little bit more mm-hmm. than if we were to like really go bold with a fun fabric on a chair. Things like, um, like dining chairs or something seem like mm-hmm. a little bit, it makes them a little bit more sense maybe to recover those. Yes. Yes. I would agree with that. And even like my dining table, I found, um, you know, from an antique website and was like, okay, this is, this is a great find and great steal. <laughs> so finding mm-hmm. those pieces, cause it doesn't all have to be like the same set. I typically like to kind of mix in the dining room anyway and have everything kind of be a little bit different. So that's a good, good place to kind of use what you might already have. Are there any like budget don'ts, you know, budget don'ts. 
like mm. mistakes maybe that you see people make when you know trying to cut corners or yeah, yeah cut corners yeah I'm trying to think here let's see so I feel like a lot of our projects you know people will come back in the end and say oh I wish I had just done it all but that that's not really <laughs> a budget no. don't it's just kind of saying like I don't want to finish it because it's too much um I'm trying to think Let's see. I mean, no, I was going to say, for example, I was just thinking about, um, I want to say it was an episode we did with Victoria Hagen and she was talking about how inches matter. And so that's something mm -hmm. that I always think about, like maybe, you know, oh, well this, it looks the same, but like the depth is a little bit shorter and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot cheaper. So I'll go with this one when that a couple of inches can make a huge difference in the comfort right. and feel of a furniture piece. And so sometimes depending on the item, if you do cut corners, shall we say like that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. It, sure. Yeah. Maybe it has the same rolled arm and it's still a, a beige couch, but if it's not performance fabrics and if it's not the right materials, then like, it's not going to function the same and it's not going to last the same right. amount. Yeah. 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 I would say, you know, not cutting corners, like don't skimp on good fabric, um, or a good, you know, frame and, and comfort. I mean, I feel like you might see a piece on the floor and you're like, yeah, that could work. It's in stock. Like, let me just get it. But mm. a lot of times it's worth the wait too. like, just get what you love. And if, you know, if you know that it's going to be right and it'll be worth the wait and the little bit more you might pay, um, to get what you really want long-term, I think it's, it's a good plan. So that's actually, yeah, no, not, <laughs> not being willing to wait is actually, yeah, I think it's great. the yeah. patience. Yeah. The patience this day and age is so, you know, no one has the patience. I have a girlfriend, we mm. joke every single time she's a house project because she will message me asking me like something. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what I say because you want it today. And I can't, mm-hmm. you know, like there's nothing I can get you today. We need to make a plan. Right. So, I, I think it's the patience for sure. It's so hard to wait yeah. when you want it to just look perfect right away. Right? Yes. And we yeah. tell, I mean, all of our clients, they've all been, you know, very understanding with the last, you know, mm-hmm. few years, but it's worth the wait. And, and then also sometimes when they're like, wait, I'm just going to figure out those details later. Like even the, the pillow fabrics mm-hmm. or something, usually when everything's in, they're like, okay, let's get them right, <laughs> right <you're> now, like- <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because that was the finished design board with the art and the pillows and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but you can only do, I mean, a big, you know, it's a lot to furnish a home. So going back to budget, I mean, it, it takes time. And so I yeah. feel like you just got to like know that it's also patience. Like it's not going to happen overnight, um, you know, lead time and also budget. Just, mm-hmm. it'll, it's a process. So, <laughs> yeah, Amazon has sort of ruined us, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. our expectations are no. not realistic. Yeah. No. Yeah. Can we go into, and again, you can say no, but can we go into like a general pricing for, and I know this is hard, but like I, custom pillows, like say I, there's a fabric mm-hmm. I love and I know the fabrics can vary from, you know, as low as 50 to up to many many thousands or hundreds, I should say. So right. I know like the, and how big they are and all the yardage changes everything, but I think that's the part that, you know, has been kind of, it's also such a question, right? But sometimes mm-hmm. custom um, pillows and drapery just, again, like you said, make such an impact. 
that it's worth yeah. it. So yeah. what's the general for soft goods like that for say a living room that has, we'll just say two or three windows and two sofas. So yeah, for, yeah. <laughs> Give you some ideas. Usually, yeah. I mean, and usually on a sofa, we'll do like at least four pillows. Mm-hmm. Um, and each pillow is around a few hundred dollars okay. or more. Okay. So um, and then draperies, I mean, it can depend on hardware and the fabric, of course, mm-hmm. but usually like, you know, six to $10,000 for custom, but it, again, it kind of can vary so yeah. much. Um, and I think of the draperies as like fixtures in the home. So I, I've had conversations with clients before and, you know, when you, you know, invest in like light fixtures and I mean, the draperies are like fixtures. I mean, they're part of the home. And so, especially if you have this beautiful view and, you know, it's right in line with the light fixture, like you're seeing it all together that mm. it's, it can be worth that, that investment. So, but yeah, so it's, it can definitely add to the space, mm-hmm. <laughs> to the budget. Yeah. Yeah. I think people, I mean, and myself included, but definitely balk at the cost of custom draperies. But can you maybe mm-hmm. explain to people why it is so expensive? Because when you actually break mm-hmm. it down, it, yeah, it makes sense, but yeah, most people don't think. Um, about and it. there's great non-custom out there, of course. Like we've we've used Ballard, and we've used a lot of you know other options out there. So it's um, it's just a really nice to have if you can. But um, you know, the hardware is custom cut to your window, so mm-hmm. it's um, the width is exact. You don't see you know you know any adjustable rod. It's all mm-hmm. completely custom to your space. Um, the fabric is, we typically go as high as we can. So to the crown, to the ceiling. So depending on your ceiling height, that can make a huge impact the width. So we can make them custom depending on how wide, you know, how many windows you have the pleat style, you can do, you know, anything you want. So we do a lot of like the French or the Euro pleat. And I mean, just, just even like the training of the drapes is just, is so, you know, precise. And I feel like it just, looks very finished and um but a lot goes into it so you know we ship the the bolt to our workroom and they cut and sew the drapes by hand and so i feel or you know with machine too but it's you know we have a small workroom and so there's a lot of labor that goes into making making the drapes you know completely custom how much yardage would you say you're you're looking at i mean obviously i know this very fastly <laughs> but like yeah. you know give people a general idea, like 20 yards. Yeah. Like 20 to 40, depending on. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a, that's when you a break that down, that is a lot of fabric and that's yeah, a big I mean, bolt showing up to their, to their workers. Sure. Yeah. 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 And if you, you know, then they're lining the drapes as yes. well. So there's the lining, you can do blackout, you, you know, there's various like for Roman shades, we'll do a thicker inner lining. So it just like hangs really nicely. So, um, there's a lot that goes into, you know, all of it. And so sometimes it's, you know, when they are on, like you said, Amazon or just out there, it's like easy to be like, wait, I can get that for Mm -hmm. only a few hundred dollars. I'm like, well, (laughs) there's a little bit, there's some differences there, you know, but so, okay. If you did say blackout drapes, you've got mm-hmm. your fabric that you're seeing, you've mm-hmm. got your sort of regular liner, which mm-hmm. would you say is sort of like a muslin, like yes. cotton. Yeah. And Just then kind of, yeah. And yeah, then you've exactly. got your 
your blackout between it, which is like what, probably like felt or something a little heavier. Mm -hmm. So that's three layers of fabric. And that's three different pieces of fabric that needs to be 20 to 40 yards. So even just the materials alone, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of fabric. Yeah. (laughs) The materials and then, yeah, putting it all together and making it, I mean, there, we would not be able to do what we do without our talented workroom. So it's amazing. Yes. Um, and then the hardware too, like, you know, that is, is a statement you can do. We love a French return, but getting, you know, the size you want and, um, even how many brackets are on the windows. So we'll do like a center bracket bracket, or we'll do a couple depending on kind of how the window design is, but, um, it all, um, just makes a difference. And so that's one, that's why I say custom drapes are always kind of like at the top of my list. If I can put it in the budget, just because I feel like it does finish a space so nicely. Okay. What about the cost of hiring the designer? Not the actual, like what, how do you charge basically? Mm -hmm. How does, I mean, and I know that, you know, there's a, people have different pricing structures, but Mm -hmm. what would you say people should expect if they do want to hire a designer for the design services? Gosh, that is, (laughs) that'll be a loaded question. (laughs) Um, I, you know, for us, I, um, we now do a flat fee for our projects. So based on the scope of the work and the rooms that we're furnishing or designing for construction, we, our time is a flat fee and it's, you know, it, it just varies on how much we're doing, but I would say, you know, plan to invest 10% of the total budget to a designer that helps. I mean, that's kind of where I feel like it falls, but, um, every project and designer is so different. And so figuring out that piece, we're still, you know, learning and, and kind of seeing what works. So. No, that's a great way to think about it too, that it's an additional percentage of what you've mm-hmm. already allocated in your budget for mm-hmm. furniture and whether that's yeah, 10% or, mm-hmm. or more. And having, like we said, you know, having a designer, I mean, obviously there's, you know, for us, it's also the experience our clients are going to get. And so we, you know, we order everything We're we're not only designing your space, but we're going to source all of your products, um, purchase them, manage the installation, unbox them. It's completely white glove. We haul all of the trash away. Um, so there's no, like, you don't have to lift a finger. So it's not only our work and our skills, but it's also just the experience that, we give you. And so, um, it is a luxury, but I feel like it, you can avoid mistakes down the road and you know, that furniture will fit. We know, you know, we know the inches matter and it's going to, it's going to work. So, um, there's, there's so many things that go into it that I feel like make it, you know, worth that investment. But Totally. And like, especially I know with the last couple of years, all of the sourcing challenges, you know, things being late, things coming in wrong, like, yeah, that's yeah. There's a, a big lot job. That, Y'all do a yeah, lot. Yeah, there's a lot behind the scenes that mm-hmm. um, you know the logistics side of design is one that I feel like people don't talk about enough. But that's a huge piece of the business, and um, and we have a couple warehouses we work with locally that receive and inspect and make sure everything is you know not damaged or the, the right color. And a lot of times it it might be wrong, and so figuring that out. So it's not, you know, it's not just like ordering and we're done. Um, there's a lot behind the scenes too. Okay. Taryn, Liz, any final questions? 
Yes. Before okay. we get to our design dilemma. So we've talked about, about budget for some of the bigger essential items in the room, but what about mm-hmm. items that are trend items, like things that could kind of come in and out? We talked about that. those are places to save, but mm-hmm. how much would you put into trend items or accessories and furnishings of those kind? Yeah. So depending on, you know, like how many side tables or lamps, I mean, I would say you could go as little as like a thousand to 1500 if you don't need very many of them. I mean, if you need a couple side tables and, you know, you could find like $300 here and there, um, lamps, I mean, beautiful lighting is always really nice. So I hate to like, you know, save too much there, but if, if a client, you know, does have a hard, you know, a firm budget and they, you know, are like, we cannot go over this, I would say we'll, we'll put in around like $2,000 for those kind of smaller pieces if we can make it work. No, I feel like that's fair. And then, um, yeah, for, and you you already spoke to art. So we kind of have an idea Mm -hmm. on budgeting of art too. And obviously that varies. Like you said, if you do it over time and just kind of collect as you go, um, so I think my question would be, you would talk to the rugs at the beginning and when you mm-hmm. say custom, what do you mean? Do you mean, yeah, like what do you mean by custom rugs? So we will, um, typically like to go as big as we can go in a room. So it's a custom size and then sometimes we'll do like a custom color or pattern. If it's like an Ushak, um, we have some great vendors who we can, you know, choose colors for that rug based on pink colors that we're incorporating in the room. So it could be either size or color, but when I speak to custom, a lot of times it's referring to the size. So getting it custom cut for the space, Mm -hmm. it could be cut even around a fireplace um, and then like a surged edge. So that detail where, you know, if it's a square room, you know, you don't see a lot of square rugs out there all the time. And we do like six to eight inches off the baseboard. So, um, you know, or account for the air return. So it's, um, or air register. So it's, um, those details that we try to think through. Yes. That make it so beautiful and custom looking. Yeah. So, and I love having all of the furniture legs on the rug if possible. So, um, going custom allows for, for that too, which, Mm -hmm. um, I think makes a big difference. No, that's a great tip. Yeah, the custom size, I think, is tricky because, you know, it's, I feel like Open Concept 2 probably has made Mm -hmm. this so much more challenging because the rooms feel like are so much bigger than they used to be. And, Mm -hmm. um, but gosh, like a great, a a properly sized rug, that's probably a design mistake that maybe Mm -hmm. people make, like (laughs) not getting a big enough rug and thinking, oh, if I go one size down, it's probably fine. Well, right. I mean, Okay. Yes. It's still a rug. It's still, you know, it's, but it is going to make a big difference in the, in the way the room, in the size, the room, like it'll look bigger and more cozy to be the proper size. So, yeah. And I would say that's something that I've feel like I've learned more and more as we've done more projects and seen more installs and that's why I go back to the custom rug. It's not like every project we're doing that. And some people are like, no, it's not important to me, but usually that's like the first layer. And then I'm like, how can we get all the furniture on that rug? And, or we go as big as we can if it's a stock size too. 
Do you um, do you like the layered sort of wool over a natural fiber rug? Is that something you ever do? I feel like that's something that people you'll see people do occasionally to get the sort of that bigger rug look, but not in a hundred percent wool. Yeah. I've only done it a couple of times. I can't say it's my favorite thing to do. Um, I feel like I've, that was maybe a few years ago. Now it's like, just, just get one and then Mm -hmm. kind of center around the coffee table, but it can be done well. It's just not something I do often. (laughs) All right. Should we do our decorating dilemma? Absolutely. Yes. I'm excited about this one. All right. Okay, so I'm going to read the question real quick, and then we will chat about it. And Molly, you're going to take the lead because you're our expert. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is from Emily, and she says, Hi, ladies. I love your podcast. Thank you for helping me decorate over the years. It's been so fun. I have two paint questions for y'all. I currently live in a brick Dutch colonial home that is painted white. We are renovating, so we're planning to repaint the exterior. I love the color we have now. It's a Benjamin Moore ivory but all of our neighbors are now also painted white homes. Should we consider another color? What color would make the most sense for a Dutch colonial? My second question is about our library. We have a library that faces a courtyard, but want it to feel like an old English library. We are planning on painting it green, but to not have a color set yet. Are there any green paint colors y'all have seen that I should try for swatches? And if not names, what type of green would you look for? P.S. I don't have a photo of the library since it hasn't actually been built yet. We are currently under construction. The library will only have one wall with two windows and a fireplace, one wall of French doors, one wall of bookshelves, and one wall will have lower cabinets only or a furniture piece and pocket doors leading into the great room. I've attached a picture of my home, however, so you can visualize that. Thank you again for all of your help. So yes, she sent us a picture of her exterior that she wants to consider repainting. Um, Yeah. So how about you start there, Molly? Yes. And I love the exterior. Um, when I saw the picture, my first thought was keep it white. Um, but I do love a white home and I feel like a, a white exterior is just classic and it's got some warmth to it. It's not, you know, stark white. She could consider adding some shutters if she wanted to kind of set herself apart from the neighbors, depending on kind of what they have going on. But a contrast um, and layer of shutters could be nice, whether they were like dark, like the front door, or even kind of a tonal, like a taupe, kind of a like a little bit darker than the um, the ivory exterior. But I love the white. I wouldn't say hurry out, you know, hurry and change it. I would say maybe just think about adding, even if it was like some statement planters in the front or shutters and just kind of ways that might set it apart a little bit from the others in the neighborhood. I totally agree. It's a great white. I think it's a- I love it, yeah. It's a pretty creamy color. She has such a charming exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, I love a shutter. Mm. Mm, I love a shutter. With the real yeah. hardware too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And she could she could add the shutters. They definitely would fit nicely, I think. So- um, the white that she has is a good one. And I feel like sometimes white exteriors do get a little too cold. So this mm-hmm. feels nice and warm. Really yeah. Pretty. I mean, I think totally some planters would mm-hmm. look fantastic. And then maybe like, yeah, maybe switch out your, your light fixtures or something. I don't know. Yeah. I think you can add personality to your, to your exterior, um, without having to actually paint, you know, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, even some shutter or some planters like at the bottom of the stairs there, if they were like out kind of on the walkway, um, mm-hmm. if they weren't right up at the door or two, you know, two levels of planters could be nice too with the steps. Yeah, I think she needs so. some just some good mm-hmm. landscaping up against that water table so you don't see it. And then you're going to feel mm-hmm. once it's like filled in only because I have the same problem because my I'm in a new build and as I'm waiting for all my things to grow it just looks like so much more house like that Mm -hmm. kind of distinction somewhat does help a lot I think yeah that's a good point the landscaping yeah Emily don't change don't change your house color just because everybody else copied you (laughs) (laughs) right yeah just level up and I want to see the library when it's done yeah, definitely. Okay, what what are your suggestions, Molly, for a green paint? Yeah, I so we recently worked on a study in a historic home here, and we had um, Caulk Green by Farrowin Ball. So that's a great color. That was my first thought. Um, it's just very it's traditional, and it's kind of just like this sophisticated library feel. Um, traditional sage green, and I feel like you know you don't want to go too bright. Um, green can be tricky that way, but I think it, it can be really elevated and classic kind of library feel. So Hawk Green by Farrow and Ball is one I would say consider, um, and get a sample of it and make sure before. (laughs) And also painting, you know, the whole like trim walls, kind of embracing the color everywhere. You could keep the ceiling white, but going kind of all in to make that bold color would be pretty. Would you say that's like a more yellow undertoned green or blue? I feel like it has a little bit of yellow undertones. And when you look at it online, some color, I mean, the the pictures of it in different spaces varies a lot from the one that we worked worked on. So Mm -hmm. that's why sampling is is so important. Um, But to kind of get that like rich, you know, it's a, deeper green, but not like hunter green. Um, you don't want it to be, you know, so dark. I feel like to give it like a green kind of like, wow, you went green, you know? Um, but can then add in, you know, like leather and, and even like, you know, kind of like a burnt orange and navies kind of depending on her color palette. Oh, I'm deep in images online of, yeah. of the green it's and a all pretty these green. rooms. And I'm like, yeah. yes, absolutely. Mm. Oh, you, okay. Mm. Yeah. And add, I love the idea of adding like some leather or some warm textures mm-hmm. and, and things to really kind of bring in that library yeah. feel. And some brass accents, even some like dark, you know, wood antiques would be pretty. So, but get the green and then you can add in the layers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit more yellow. I have green smoke in my house and it's more blue oh. and like mm-hmm. side by side like just looking at the cog green it doesn't look super yellow but then if when i don't know undertones are hard unless you're seeing mm-hmm. them next to other colors right well and then depending on she i think she said so two windows um you got to put it in the space first especially mm-hmm. when you're committing to a color that bold so always sample it and make sure and then if that doesn't work then kind of jump to the next you know few colors over on the reel. <laughs> okay. Here's a question actually that just occurred to me and maybe Taryn, you can also chime in on this, but how does one pick a paint color in a new construction home? Because it seems like it would be so hard. Your floor is not in your, 
you know, it's dusty. The windows might have like stuff on them. So you don't really getting a natural, like, uh, how does one do that? I don't understand. For our new construction, a lot of like the main color is white, you know, it's kind of safe. So we start with like the white. And then if we know, you know, we want a blue room. So let's say we're going to go Navy, um, you know, kind of knowing a plan for fabrics definitely helps. So we'll hold up the fabric to the paint deck and kind of say like, okay, are we in the same family? Even if we're not committing to that, the whole fabric, you know, design yet, um, just to make sure that they like, like that general color family. So white is, you know, we always sample the whites for sure, because that, you know, can vary a lot. Um, and I like to do the same white throughout the house. So if we're going to go white trim with white walls, we'll pick the same white and do different finishes. So like flat on the walls and then semi-gloss on the trim. So kind of knowing, you know, if the cabinets, how they're going to play into that and how those whites are going to compare or we paint the the cabinets, the custom white, but we have go-to whites. And then from there with color, just kind of like follow your gut. I don't know. We order a lot of samples and stick them up on the wall um, and then look at them with fabrics and kind of show the clients, okay, this is how it could look. Um, you know, just picture it. And that's just trust us. We know, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, I think the professional is, is how you I do it that. correctly. I did a lot of hidden, hidden miss, mostly hits, yeah. but I had a few misses because it, I mean, nice. We painted in the space, but to your point, I think a lot goes back to your plan and, and planning. Yeah. And we said that so yeah. much in design, but knowing what you're putting in the space really does allow you the freedom to know what's wrong. Like, Mm-hmm. Like you're like, mm-hmm. that, I know I want to put this in this space. And like, so these will clash totally. Doesn't right. Happen. Right. Even if you're not going to do it all right away, just kind of saying like, okay, this is like the vibe I'm hoping for the feeling in this room, even in like, you know, kid spaces. If, if they're like, I want a purple room. Okay. Well, how are we going to do that <laughs> and make it work? You know? Um, but having a plan and then paint is always something, you know, sometimes when it, someone's building a new home and you know if it's like a bedroom and they're just not completely committed like you can always paint a few years if you really want to you know add some color mm-hmm. but i was gonna say go white was my go-to yeah. as seen behind me where i was like the plan <laughs> isn't there so we're just not going to we just pick yeah. our, pick our white call it a day Mm-hmm. And then you can add wallpaper too. So white walls are perfect for wallpaper. They so, are. Um, what a yeah. great idea. Which, yeah. Yes, you do have to be careful of that, folks, because if you do go with a dark color and then uh, you go with a dark color and then you go to put a wallpaper with a white backing, it will like show through. I learned that lesson. So just a little FYI. Yeah. Or certain ones, of uh-huh. course, but like I had that rifle wallpaper and they had sprayed the um, bottom trim of the room because I have beadboard on half oh. and they had sprayed it and, and we told them we were going to wallpaper the top. So they did no prep over the spray. So all the blue edging was there. And so the wallpaper guy came and he's like, we can paint over this, but you'll be paying and, or you can do prime all of this. So I had to go and prime all the walls. Cause it, it's a white base background on my wallpaper. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Be careful. That was all. <laughs> Lesson learned. No, well, that's always something that's totally, cause I'm like, where in the, where in the building process, I'm sure there's a, there's a 
point where the contractor is like, I need your paint color today. And you're like, I can't, I, like there's film over the walls and I don't know what, like there's covering over the wood floor. Like how am I supposed to pick stuff when I don't have any contact? Like, I don't know. That just seems really hard. <laughs> I'm glad I've never had to do that. <laughs> you have a plan usually. I, I mean, she says that you would do great. Both, I mean, Liz and Caroline would kill it at building a new build. They would. You guys have so much taste and style. It would be easy, but. No, you know what I do have in my favor? I am very decisive. Now, sometimes, mm -hmm. like I would say 80% of the time, this works in my favor. Sometimes I am decisively making the wrong decision, but <laughs> but most of the time I'm not like wavering, you know? I'm like, okay, this is the one, let's do that. So I don't know. That's what I have going for me. Liz is just a paint colors font and like paint a color mm -hmm. font, let's say. You're really good at color, so. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. We'll see. We'll see. Our next <laughs> trials and triumphs, I've got some. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. The show wouldn't be as good, guys, if we were perfect. Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Molly, thank you so much. I, you know what? I really appreciate you having, this is a hard, this was a hard episode because we really asked you for specifics and numbers and mm -hmm. to cover a topic that most people are so uncomfortable to talk about. So thank you. We really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Um, this was fun. And again, it's very different for every client. So <laughs> um, reminders. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, you know, but it's good to have a plan to start mm -hmm. off. And I feel like just stay the, you know, stay the course, be patient. Mm -hmm. And you have a yeah. beautiful um, website and um, portfolio and your on your Instagram too. So anybody please yes. go and check out her beautiful work. You will be inspired for sure. Yes. Thank definitely. you so much. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Okay. Wait, before you go, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you. So you can find us. Um, we are on Instagram. We share a lot of our projects there, Molly Basil Interiors. And then our website, we keep our portfolio updated, mollybasilinteriors.com. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating! decorating.